0: Did you know that every hour, 300 football fields of precious rainforest are being destroyed across Southeast Asia to make way for palm oil plantations? Our guest today is the author, speaker, and the founder and president of the Orangutan Project, where he is working to ensure the compassion, freedom, and protection for critically endangered orangutans. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Leif Cox. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: You're most welcome. So how did your sustainable journey actually start?
1: It started on a very personal level and in some sense a philosophical level of working with 15 orangutans in captivity and discovered that they were persons and did not belong in captivity, but also quickly discovered that they've been driven to extinction through the destruction of their rainforest homes. And so I started the orangutan project and um, dedicated the rest of my life into saving these beautiful persons that share our planet, but in also in a way that meaningfully helps the world become more sustainable.
0: And so you've worked with these orangutans for many years. But, what was it that inspired you to start working with them? like what what was that kind of journey? Because you've worked so many years, even in the Perth Zoo, and now you've started this project as well?
1: Oh, it, it was c- compassion for humanity, the humanity which I found in the eyes of the persons who share our planet, the orangutans and the other great apes, to name a few. but also compassion. For the people and the most vulnerable, of course, are those in future generations who uh, will suffer greatly through our uh, destruction of the ecosystems which support not only humans, but all the wildlife.
0: And can you tell us a little bit more about the orangutan project? Like when did that start and how did you form that? How did you decide to actually start that project from your previous work with the
1: orangutans? I started the project in 1998, and our vision is that one day all orangutans will live free in a wild in viable populations. And so I I call ourselves an organization of the third industrial revolution, where we're not interested in building up structures and processes and organizations. We want to keep small, lean, and effective, and wherever possible, work in cooperation with others to achieve the objective which circumvents the needs of ourselves as individuals and also the needs of the organisation. So that's the aim and our aim is to save five to eight complete ecosystems that actually are sustainable into the future and can hold viable populations. Take orangutans and the other megafauna such as elephants and tigers that share the habitat through the extinction crisis. And of course, in the meantime, we do have to invest in rescuing and saving individual orangutans and elephants as examples from destruction because not only the big picture matters, but the humanity and the value of the individual is also paramount importance and is not in conflict with each other.
0: And when we also look at the orangutans, so there's like two main species, mm-hmm. And I am probably going to destroy their names if I pronounce it. (laughs) So um, would you mind just like telling us about the two species and what is the key differences between them?
1: There's actually three species of orangutans, the Sumatran, the Tapanuli orangutan, and the Bornean orangutan. And they're all critically endangered. And they're actually very different. There's actually more difference between the Bornean and Sumatran orangutan than there is between a chimpanzee and a bonobo. And so when we're talking about orangutan conservation or how an orangutan acts and behaves, we can be very, be very much using a blunt instrument to talk simply about a generic orangutan. In, in general, the Sumatran the, orangutan, as an example, is more gracile, um, in, uh, lighter built, more social, uh, more intelligent, will use tools in the wild. And spends much more of the time off the ground in comparison to their Bornean cousins.
0: Wow. And they also kind of share like 97% of the DNA of humans as well. So we definitely have a lot in common with these beautiful, beautiful animals. Or I don't even want to call them animals because they're so close to us.
1: They're animals if we're animals.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And
1: if we're persons, they're persons. And so... It's really a lack of understanding or correct perception to characterise them anything other than a person of equal to us.
0: So you've been saying that these orangutans is critically endangered. What are some of the major threats that they are facing?
1: There's many threats such as poaching. However, the major cause is the loss of their rainforest home the destruction of the rainforest for unsustainable forms of monoculture, such as pulp paper, um, rubber, and palm oil.
0: And when we look at palm oil, it is almost in everything. It's so, so unfortunate. When you go to your local grocery store, and I really, really want to kind of encourage our crazy birds to do that today, and just go and have a look at the shelf or even look at your cupboard now if there's products that's still in its original packaging and check if it contains palm oil the industry has really been so sneaky and they've also started hiding the name palm oil in a wide variety of other names so that we don't identify it immediately how do we identify this palm oil and what has your experience been with that?
1: You hit on a great point. Freedom and in a, in a more broader sense, democracy is dependent on freedom information and the right to information. And so uh, power more companies influence governments and regulatory boards to uh, not allow people to make individual decisions about their purchases by hiding their product on your shelves of your supermarket. And so this this fundamentally destroys, you know, an an ability for people to make ethical choices. And so something we always am very keen to always support is a man label being a palm oil.
0: And if we discover all of these ingredients in some of our favorite products, what can we as consumers do to either prevent our local store from selling this? or to go directly to the manufacturer, what would your advice be to us to try and stop palm oil from entering our stores, which then enters our home?
1: I think from a perspective of intelligent charity, intelligent conservation, in this particular case, is we as individuals should, wherever possible, make choices to avoid products which are unsustainable. And palm oil being cultivated in a monoculture on rainforest soil is by its very nature unsustainable. So there's nothing such thing a sustainable palm oil because um, that's just not the nature of the of the um, monoculture which produces it. However, we have to be intelligent enough to address the situation because the people destroying the forests have many other alternatives. Once they gain the money from the trees. To invest in other forms of sustainable monoculture, such as sugar palm, rubber, or pulp paper. So, if we simply only address one product, it may help a, a industry become more sustainable. I'm emphasis on more because they're not going to be sustainable. However, it won't save rainforest because there are certainly many other options f- for them to make money off profitably. So, we have to collectivise. Um, so right action as an individual um, uh, for personal integrity. But we need to collectivise and in in many ways we have to become donors, large donors or small regular donors to bona fide organisations which are effectively able to protect the rainforest.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's quite intense when you look at it in the big scheme of things because our rainforest is just being chopped away you know day by day it's being less and less and we've got all of these beautiful beautiful creatures living in there and their homes are being destroyed all because we need palm oil (laughs) and for me that's really shocking and when you go to different places I've made it a point when I visit Thailand as well to kind of ask you know the hotel we stayed at like what oil do you use And the moment I found out that they're using palm oil because it's cheap, I just didn't want to eat anymore at the restaurant. I didn't want to support them because I knew that this palm oil is not really that innocent. You know, there's a lot of lives that has been paid to get this palm oil. So yes, it's cheap, but someone had paid a very expensive price for that.
1: I think you've hit on a very good point. It is cheap, but it's probably one of the most expensive products in the world, which sounds like oxymoron. However, it's only cheap because it passes true cost of production onto the powerless, the powerless of the future economy of Indonesia, which is going to be destroyed when palm oil plantations collapse in 50, 60 years' time. The local communities that lose environmental services such as um, regular water supply and the non-timber forest products that they gain from the frost, the indigenous communities that lose their land and, and, and effectively if a genocide is occurring to these communities as we speak, and the persons such as orangutans and elephants who lose everything and are killed as agricultural pests. And, of course, future generations, almost one-third of global warming is causing destruction to the rainforest, who are going to pay not only personally but economically from destruction of the rainforest. So... It is extremely costly. However, the people who produce a palm oil are passing that true cost onto the powerless and therefore it is so cheap and pervasive in all the products that we experience today.
0: And also when we look at palm oil, it's actually just a saturated oil. So it's not even a very good quality oil that's good for us. So I just think we need to avoid it at any cost because it's going to cost us in the long run because it's not really great for our health and it's costing <laughs> the rainforest now. And we're going to see just the effect of it going on for for many generations. And, you know, as you said, these orangutans are critically endangered. And if we don't act now, there might not be orangutans in a few years to protect, which is really, really sad. And that's why I've got so much respect for what you guys are doing. What is kind of the process? So when you guys go into these communities or into these rainforests, like what is the situation? If you can maybe paint us a picture, like, you know, the rainforest is being destroyed. I often see images of orangutans, like hanging on cranes, trying to protect their environment. You see some of them in fires that didn't make it. And we are often left with these little small babies. Like, yeah, can you, can you maybe just tell us a little bit more about that experience?
1: The basic scenario is a is powerful influence, government decision and policy making in order to get access to the rainforest at the expense of the people of the country itself and the world and certainly the local communities. They then make a lot of money from the value of the trees. Mm. And then often they will use that money to reinvest into unsustainable form of monoculture in order to get the most quickest, fastest income possible. And these people, whether they're foreign nationals or Indonesian nationals, do not plan to be in Indonesia when this all collapses. But they'll be very rich and um, living elsewhere by the time the situation is, is seen for what it is, a rape of a country and a few people getting very rich at the expense of the many. And so the local people, the indigenous communities, are also the victims of, of this destruction. And what we seek to do, so it's not wildlife versus people or the environment versus the economy. Um, it's about us working for win-win situations, for people and orangutans, the solution is the same, keep the rainforest intact and environmental services that provides yep, and develop sustainable forms of income from an attack rainforest, which is extremely achievable. However, it, it doesn't meet the business plan of the greedy who who need to compress the profit from the many to a few from the long term to the short term.
0: And so, if we wanted to get involved, if our crazy birds wanted to get involved with the orangutan project, what can we do?
1: I mean, the best thing for you to do is to become a, a supporter of the orangutan project, and you know if you're wealthy, you can make really meaningful changes very easily with because money can be effectively used in the developing world for a lot of effect for very little or Become a regular donor that can really help the long-term strategies to keep our wildlife protection units in the field protecting the orangutan populations, and of course to be informed and not knowledge is power. To through our newsletters and communications and social media to know what is is going on, and able to direct your um, compassion for others in a meaningful way in in in, in a meaningful, effective altruism.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll definitely try to do at least some of them and to be supporting your organization, which is doing some phenomenal work. So thanks again for that. What has been one of your most important decisions that you have made around Mama
1: Earth? I think the most important decision I've made around Mama Earth is to understand in order to reform the world, we first have to reform ourselves. And, and therefore go on a a, I want for a better word, a spiritual journey to find love and compassion within my heart and then share that intelligently with the world. Because if we don't reform ourselves, we are unable to reform the world no, no matter how, how hard we try. And I think that's probably one of the key messages I discuss in my latest book, Finding Our Humanity.
0: Cool. Well, we'll definitely link up your book as well. So if our crazy birds wants to go and check that out. So now we're going to move into our final five. And the first one is, what is one social media account or publication that you follow?
1: Gee, I'm not a a big social (laughs) media buff. So (laughs) I I guess from a, um, obviously, I lead the Orangutan Project, the International Tiger Project, International Elephant Project, and I'm the founder of Wildlife Asia. So I I follow those from a professional basis. However, unfortunately, I I don't spend my time on social media to really be able to advise or, or understand how to follow and interact at that level.
0: Cool, no worries. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward?
1: My hope is that we have an evolution of consciousness, I want for a better word, where the the current paradigm of selfish, short-term behavior is overcome through people discovering happiness within themselves and expressing that happiness intelligently in in the world. I see the starts of this everywhere I go, and the hope is this evolution of our humanity is in time in order to save our planet for future generations and the other beings and persons who share our planet.
0: And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth?
1: I think the two bits of advice is, one is to spend some time finding that love and compassion within your heart to genuinely express that externally and then spend a bit of time intelligently understanding the situation that you want to resolve in the world. And so the love and compassion you find in your heart can express itself in in meaningful action because indiscriminate charity causes more problems than it's solved. So I call it two wings of the bird. We have to have the genuine love and compassion t- to make a difference. But more importantly, we then have to be able to direct that compassion um, effectively to not waste our actions in areas which do not affect meaningful change for others.
0: And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey?
1: That, you know, almost the majority of the biomass of land mammals is taken up by humans and the animals we keep to exploit and and eat their flesh and leaving a small slither of the biomass left for wild animals that exist on the planet today. And through our behavior of not caring about wild animals and wild persons and our desire to eat the flesh of our fellow beings, we are destroying ourselves. And therefore, it's only through development of compassion for other beings that we're going to have the capacity to, to save ourselves.
0: And where can people actually find you?
1: The, the Orangutan Project and the other projects that I head um, are found on social media and uh, on the website, the Orangutan Project, or one word, dot O-I-G, and they can connect us in all sorts of ways. Or... I do take people four times a year into the rainforest on eco tours and connect people in a meaningful way to the rainforest, the orangutans, and genuine conservation projects on the ground that they can support. And sometimes this is a, an enormous spiritual experience for people because we're connecting in so many ways back to our humanity, um, but also to how we've evolved because essentially in an evolutionary sense, not so long ago this is where we evolved in the rainforest home and it can be a wonderful experience and a fantastic way to help others
0: oh that sounds fantastic i might just sign up for one of those so thank you so much for being on the podcast i really appreciate all the stuff that you are doing and i'm sure our crazy birds have learned a lot from you so thank you so much
1: you're most welcome thank you very much
0: New episodes are uploaded every Monday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.